So I had a family member the other day yeah. ask me if they could eat some fruit snacks. And I said, sure, eat the fruit snacks. I open the package, start chewing on the fruit snacks and say, oh my. And I say, oh, you've realized how much sugar are in these and you're on a sugar high. And she said, no. Then I said, well, you must be commenting on how dense these are and how difficult they are to chew. And she said, no. She said, these smiley faces on these gummy candies should not be marketed to children. They are too terrifying to consume. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Trials of the Apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> and there's our cold open. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Trials of the Apocalypse, the post-apocalypse for pig smoke, our game of magical academia that we just played. Uh, I'm the the host, although I'll be honest, right now I don't even feel that way. <laughs> uh, I'm your host, David. I, I ran the game, um, so I was the keeper for it. Uh, let's just go around the room and the remote room uh, where we have some of our folks joining us, and we'll do a quick just introduce yourself briefly, and then what you did, what you did in the game, and then we'll we'll move on from there. Uh, Dempsey, since you're so keen on sharing esoteric information, uh, how about you introduce yourself? Where's my name tag? You don't need a name tag. I know your names. I was so faithful at keeping all of these components, and now they're gone. Also, you're too far away from your mic. I know I'm too far. There we go. Hello, I am Greg Woody Templeton, but only go by Woody. And I was the guy that tried not to say the word magic magic for an entire podcast based on magic. magic. So, I think I did a decent job. Magic. (laughs) (laughs) Magic. Uh, my name is Riley. I played Maya Bright, who was a necromantic scientist at a university where she was uh, appreciated for all her hard work. She was promoted. <laughs> <laughs> she got things done. Yeah, things. <laughs> With good mm. mac and cheese. Yeah. Uh, Zach, how about you? Hey, I'm Zach. I played Liam Webb, a uh, dusty archaeologist in this game. Um, and I am currently streaming from in Arby's atop a volcano in Iceland. Oh. Yeah. Is that where you are? I yes. thought you were just back at your house. No, no. Hey, Liam. How's the weather up there? <laughs> Cold. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you're on top of a volcano, which we did establish was active, and it's cold up there? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. So, uh, as was uh, as we said a moment ago, uh, today we're doing the post-apocalypse. This is a little retrospective segment of the podcast where we gather together the cast from a show and we talk about what it was like to play it, what we thought about it, uh, both the game and the experience, and then also uh, answer some listener questions that you all have provided to us. Uh, and that'll be the final bit we get to. But our first segment on the post-apocalypse is our system reflection, where we talk about how we felt about how Pig Smoke played, what we liked about it, uh, maybe some pain points that we experienced, uh, and also uh, what we got wrong in the running of it. Um, and if we if we had anything that we screwed up, which we almost always do. Uh, so I'll, I could start off with something for Pig Smoke, uh, and that's just, I thought that it did a very good job of capturing the academic experience uh, in in the sense that Oh, man, 
campus life is always a little bit crazy. There's it's always closer than you think that it is as far as uh, it's easy to run across people, run into them. Uh, and also, in addition to like your prescribed objectives, there's always like little side questy things that are always present for you IRL in an academic environment. There's always like other people who want things from you or other other things that you could be doing. Uh, and I think in many ways, Pig Smoke captures that like frayed mind that is drawn in so many different directions. Uh, and it captures that pretty well, I thought. Um, what are some other other thoughts on just kind of the game overall? I I like the idea just because I don't play too many uh, games outside of D&D. So this was new, a new experience overall for me. Yeah. The the whole idea about no matter what you roll, it's still going to play into your character. And it's not just, oh, you can't do that. Yeah. Like, just because you rolled weird. And I I just enjoyed the storytelling element of that, that it just kept everything rolling. It kept everything really interesting. And it didn't bum you out when it didn't go your way because then something else happens. You're like, ooh, yeah, it could go that way too. <laughs> and it, it can go it can go lots of ways oh man there's, there's so many ways to make interesting consequences in the pig smoke <laughs> <laughs> for sure yeah i i yeah i agree with uh riley that i really loved how um it's so character focused in the gameplay mm-hmm. um i also really liked um that from the get-go um each character comes with a a pre-made package of things that helps create story uh, for each person mm, and yeah. create an interesting elements about them. I thought that was super helpful. Mm-hmm. As an educator myself, the experience category or the classes and lessons that were available to be taught throughout the gameplay was, as David said, very realistic, but also in just the self-reflection of realizing how many consequences could actually occur in my own real-life teaching categories (laughs) of having someone coming by and asking me questions as to uh, how the lesson should be applied or a better understanding. Um, As we were setting up gameplay, I was emailing about lessons that I didn't think were particularly complicated but here we are clarifying questions on a sunday (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's true to life in all of the best and sometimes worst ways um and i i will say uh something else i thought that was good about that was the balance element to it um like teaching was something that the, the game isn't about just teaching um, it's not that all of the mechanics revolve around the classroom. Um, it's just one facet of the professor's lives. And so it's handled by largely by one move. Uh, and it has its own sort of arena of of action and consequence. And that's not like the whole it's not it's not so narrow of a field. I think Pig Smoke by far is one of the highest level games we've played on the sh- on the podcast um there are some moves that take you down into the moment by moment but a lot of it is high level and the role is just to kind of establish how something in a broad sense goes and then it's up to the players to really you know describe what happens and then deal with the impacts of that whatever those consequences might be yeah i i also like that part where we 
got to choose where it goes. Um, it, it, it's not that we had more control over the situation. It's just like, uh, it allowed for our narratives to develop our own characters yeah, and yeah. how we reacted into the story instead of it being told to us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing we always try to cover in this section is what we got wrong. I remember when I was editing, I was like, Ooh, whoa, we did not get that. Get the, oh, I know. I know what it was. Uh, we research is another big component of this game. That's actually handled by kind of a couple different factors, some playbook moves. And then of course the, the core, uh, the researching move, uh, blanking on the name of it right now. Uh, uh, delve deeper. There it is. Uh, delve deeper is kind of one of the core research contributing moves, but then, you also like have the formal publish move, which is its own move. And so there's like that research and publish cycle in the game. And we, because of the, the structure that I gave to the one shot with the idea of like, we are, have a limited t- span of time. We're building up to piglet day. And like, that's kind of the focus of our one shot. We didn't really get deep into some of the research stuff. And so uh, like in building up to Maya's publish role, uh, a, we we did that in sort of a more spellcasting sort of way because of how it was being, like how we were interpreting the publish. But then also like when we were building up to the research, we hand-waved a lot of that. And there are some <laughs> like solid mechanics for researching in the game, but like all of that is really geared for campaign play. Mm-hmm. And so in, with the needs of our finite time, uh, we did absolutely cut some corners there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you would have wanted to give me multiple days to uh, come up with some stuff. I I did a finite time span for a reason. Because I knew that if it gave us a whole semester, I don't know what the hell you all could have done with that amount of time. Uh, I had to give us a small enough amount of time that I could be sure the story would resolve itself in that time. <laughs> so you're appropriately afraid of us. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I was terrified of the power you all have in this game. I mean, you already know what kind of notes I was taking about my character in the first place, so I could have gone a whole semester. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know you could have. <laughs> oh, and let it be said that I showed up for this recording session an hour early, broke into your home, and have terrified you on stream. Yeah, I count this as my 2022 yearly resolution being fulfilled. Dempsey out. (laughs) (laughs) I would love if you just left the (laughs) Dempsey out and then just walked out the door. (laughs) I would, but there's too many cords around too many corners. (laughs) Uh, Is there anything else anyone wanted to talk about about the system before we move into like stars and wishes, which is more about like the story and, and all of that? Anything that's specifically shown to you or or it took you a while to get or anything like that with, with Pig Smoke? Just in general, it was new to me, so I don't really have anything specific to yeah. say. <laughs> it was new to all of us. We have a, a very strong habit on the show of playing things for the first time on mic, yeah. uh, which has mostly served us well. <laughs> um, I would say that I felt the game was fairly more complicated than Hmm. others and maybe the word complicated should be referred to as uh detailed yeah and that we were able to put in all of these different characteristics and possessions and whatnot and then it came down to this finite amount of time where you know my teaching assistant just up and leaves or i don't (laughs) have much time to talk to my therapist and um in some of that it's the opportunity to narratively explore what's the rationale for this as mm-hmm. david so 
like preferably would have me uh, as he would have so preferred that I did. But in my like back brain of like, let's make sure that this stays relatively on pace as opposed to some other characters that we might have seen in other shows, such as uh, Big Patty Pat. We, <laughs> you know, you just throwing Pat out of the bus right now. I'm looking for a reason to mention Big Patty Pat because I know that he works on the back end of things. And I just want to say, <sighs> ain't no bus big enough to run him over. <laughs> I just want to say that for listeners who are not aware Pat is uh, six foot nine so he's a bus he he is a bus he'd be bussing he'd be bussing um, so anyhow I kind of let some of those things go in the uh, the intentioned mind frame of going towards the most direct uh, time efficiency as we could but in the grand scheme of things, there's definitely a lot of details there that lose out on the exploration by setting such a finite amount of yeah. time. Yeah, I, I would say that's uh, especially the uh, the last game you played on the show was Brindlewood Bay, um, which is a very, uh, very tight focused game um, with in, great relationships. One of them being Big Patty Pat. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, but like it has like Half half as many basic moves. It mostly just has the day move, night move, cozy and metal, and all that stuff. Um, but I think you're right because Pig Smoke uh, has more to it. It has kind of a wider span that you can explore with the narrative with the game. Um, we definitely only focused on a subset of that, so there was a little bit of uh, like not necessarily like FOMO, but there's a little bit of sadness in not being able to explore some of those corners that we just didn't have time to to get to in our in our one shot it definitely would be fantastic for a campaign because like it has all of the the depth that you would want to explore lots of varied situations that might not pop up all of the time right so uh but let's speaking of like kind of our experience now playing the game uh, let's move into our second segment which is stars and wishes uh this is uh, a time where we talk about we we give out various stars uh to either players or to the system or to to like the story or just the experience that are things we enjoyed about it uh we'll do a few of those going around and then we'll take probably just one unless people have like really several things they want to focus on just a just a couple of things uh for wishes that are things that like if we were to continue playing what would you where would you either want to take your character's story next or what would you like to see more of Etc. Etc. Um, but let's start with stars. Um, I can start us off. Uh, I will say uh, I have to give a star right out of the gate to Zach for rolling with for for letting me say ridiculous things and then taking them absolutely seriously and bringing them into your narrative <laughs> because I I just meant it as a joke when I said why is it in an Arby's. And you were like, no, this is this is definitely in an Arby's. Here's what that means for me. And I, I I could talk a little bit later about like prep and stuff that I did uh, for this story. I had sort of like little side plots for each of you planned out. Uh, that was not a planned out side plot. Uh, that one emerged very naturally in the story. Uh, so I'll, I'll throw a star out there for that right right out of the gate. Uh, who else has stuff they want to list as stars? We can just go around and share some of these. Um, I actually have a star for both of my friends. 
um, a star for Liam for um, never teaching once in the game. (laughs) Bravo. (laughs) You literally didn't teach anything to anyone. Uh You ghosted the whole school to go climb a mountain (laughs) because you wanted a sandwich. It's true. <laughs> I, I'm I'm very proud of that. So thank you. <laughs> I also want to give a a star to Woody, uh, because he was brave enough to eat my mac and cheese, and it was like really cool of him <laughs> oh, to like step up as a friend like that. Only only real friends eat each other's mac and cheese. It's true. Wow. It was more than mac and cheese. Like tender loving care mac and cheese. You're right. It was more like soul food. Soul food. <laughs> soul food infused potentially with actual souls. Potentially. <laughs> potentially. You can't pretend. You already ate it. Why did that yeah. feel like an infomercial voice there, David? Uh, I'm full of infomercial voices. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so on stars, I would say to uh, both Zach and Riley for handling my shenanigans fairly well because <laughs> David kind of has to roll with it based mm-hmm. on the fact that um, the keeper only has so much control over the characters but in the like actual character narrative um, both of you did really well in tracking my shenanigans um, and what was the other thing I was going to say or something else I was going to say well no, you, we're we're going to be in this area for a yeah, little you, you, you think can, of something. Yeah, you can cut it and cut back. Yeah. All right. Uh, in in that same vein, um, uh, a star to, to Woody for, you know, just being unyieldingly Woody the whole time. Uh, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yes. I, there's uh, in, in, um, in the watch, uh, Dana plays a character who is fairly, fairly obstinate. Uh, and like grates against some of the other members of the squad and like in a really important and valuable way to the narrative. And I think in some ways that's what Woody did with this of just like (laughs) being, being totally ready to just agitate everyone he's in a scene with, but in like a really fun way, uh, not, not in a like genuine way, but in a just Mm -hmm. like, Oh God, that's Woody, uh, sort of way. That was really fun. I don't want to buy your brand of Bluetooth. Stop <laughs> asking me. <laughs> I I want to give major stars to both uh, Riley and Dempsey for creating incredibly distinctive characters that were really compelling and fun. Um, and uh, I really, really want to meet Maya Bright. Maya just seems like the coolest human being. And I don't want, <laughs> I, I really, really don't want to meet Dempsey. But I mean, no, I do want to meet Dempsey. I know Dempsey, but I don't want to meet Woody. Um, uh, <laughs> but like, but like Dempsey played Woody so well uh, that I don't know. He was just a really uh, fun character to watch and act against. And, and that was cool. Um, and then to David uh, Starr. For letting me yes and us into oblivion. I I take the only credit I take is that willingness because uh, (laughs) I I'm I always love it when the players decide to just go 
because it gives me somewhere to to like I think with running a TTRPG, uh, part of the joy for me is the unexpected. Like, I like having a framework that we can build out of. I don't like building from a totally blank canvas. That's why I like sort of more focused games uh, like Pig Smoke, where it has like a very particular idea of its reach and setting. Um, and I think that that gives us a lot of space to then work inside of, which for me, I like. I really like developing under constraints. So I think I really like that. But when you bring other people into the narrative building, like you're you're going to go to places that you don't expect. Uh, and so I love I love it when people just run because uh, I like being able to follow and make make that journey more interesting. Um, so that's that was a lot of fun with this game for sure. Uh, a, on a related note, a special star to Maya Bright. Uh, I mean, what, where do I put it? The hamsters? Uh, <laughs> Just the the pageantry of the day of Zomboni. Um, oh no, it has to. If you hadn't, if you hadn't come up with the blow up frogs, if you hadn't done that, we wouldn't have had the clown in the finale, and that would have been a crime. Uh, yeah, just your your endless. We stand a terrified clown. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I think what it was is I already have this um, aesthetic niche. For the, for like the cozy, creepy, for for the, for the abominable in everyday life, uh, <laughs> and Maya embodied that <laughs> so mm-hmm. fully, mm-hmm. Uh, and brought it to every scene that 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 she was in. Wow, you flatter me. <laughs> <laughs> so so stars there for sure. Uh, anyone else have anything in particular they want to point out or mention? Oh, big scar, big scar, big scar <laughs> for. Riley on the setup where we established Skeletor as the department yes. chair. That was huge. That's so good. The the ending there was just so good of mm-hmm. Skeletor going, bye-bye! <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, huge start to Dempsey for, so the the listeners may not really have heard much of, of this going in the background, but Dempsey had like extensive notes and lists and such of (laughs) totally insane things just unhinged stuff and he managed to work it all in and that's a super admirable thing and i love it um and also just for making woody a a deeper character that was kind of interesting um so props (laughs) i saw a side (laughs) conversation over there for a second what did you say riley (laughs) i said he was playing bingo with himself yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's a great way of describing it. Uh, that's actually a good branching off into behind the scenes. Is there any lingering stars? We'll, let's do behind the scenes real quick, and then we'll come back for wishes. How about that? Um, I think just to echo, it was Zach that just said this, that the characters were really diverse, and that made it um, a really good vantage point of seeing all that Pig Smoke has to offer, because yeah. there was absolutely that one consideration early on where we were like, Maybe we're all from the same department. Maybe we're all super similar because we need to know each other in some way. And then we decided to be like super diverse and spread across the university. (laughs) And especially in the Liam and Woody scenario, almost like detesting of one another to the point of sending each other (laughs) and (laughs) having these weird backstories that weren't really fully explained, but hinted at with great passion and, uh-huh. Fervent descent. 
it's like it's like having the kind of tight co-working relationship where you know like what to expect from each other mm-hmm. but then having a personal relationship that I'll be honest by the end of it I can't tell if it's on the mend or in shambles like <laughs> Well, you know what it is? It's tied by trauma. Yeah. We're all trauma it's bonded all now. trauma bonded together. Got that trauma bond scene in the Arby's. <laughs> what is academia but trauma bonding? Just all the way through. Truly. Oh, that's <laughs> a quote for a shirt. <laughs> As he says, jotting it down. Uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about behind the scenes, because uh, I don't think there's a ton here to discuss this time. Uh, and then we'll swing back for wishes. Uh, but we we sort of were starting to get there because... Yeah, Dempsey was like playing bingo over there. Uh, mm-hmm. You just had a, a fat stack. Um, we actually have a couple of listener questions that will be relating a little bit to that. So you don't have to go into all of that detail now, but just like <laughs> for quantity, how how many pages did you have notes on for that? I see you over there with your legal pad. and David's scared right now, watching all of this paper fly around. <laughs> it looks like four sheets, a couple of which are back oh my and God, back. That's cute. <laughs> I'm Look going, yeah, I'm going with five pages. Five pages. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, so before we, so after we did the setup, but before, before we played the game, Emma and I spent uh, an evening and we talked about kind of what we liked in, in the Pig Smoke source book, uh, what we kind of wanted to spend time exploring in the course of this one shot. And as part of that, we assembled a few like side stories for each of the cast. Um, things that we were pretty sure we'd be able to bring in, but we weren't confident. Uh, of course, like for for Woody, we had uh, the stuff with your TA, uh, with Burton. Uh, for for Maya, it was the potential becoming the chair. Uh, and then for for Woody, it was supposed to be the story with the glasses, with the glasses like having this attraction to being with the Dean and what that might mean. Uh, what it means to uh, enhance denizens from another plane, what it means to bring the world back into focus. Um, those things. And we did all that prep ahead of time. And I feel like trickling those into the game went pretty well. I was pretty happy with how all those stories helped help carry us through the the core narrative of Piglet Day. Um, I was wondering what you all thought about that. Because I think there was a little bit of a, a concern in the setup. Uh, there was a little bit of a question of like, okay, we're going to build these characters, but then what are we doing? <laughs> um and sure and after the first episode uh, and especially like as we got in like started into the second episode's worth of of recording did you feel like you knew what was going on even if you didn't know like where it was going absolutely i would lean more towards no than yes i, I would say that there's like absolutely a better understanding but i think to the effect of the uh character bingo and mm-hmm. the just character sheets that I was doodling on. The purpose of those was more so to say, I don't really know what's going on, but here are some goals to accomplish just so that there was some intended structure there. Because I think when I'm looking at like a movie script or whatever, I have an idea of what the plot is. And so that plot guides the character development with out that real plot of we're ending at Zamboni Day or <laughs> Zamboni Day, Zamboni. Day. It, was, it was Piglet Day, uh, the the day of the Zamboni, the the hockey vehicle day. Um, <laughs> without that type of component to it, I'm not really sure 
what I should be aiming for. And so I think the bingo card is what kept me on track of staying in the woody headspace and then in the woody headspace responding to things as they were unveiled or rolled. Yeah. It was so for you, it was like, I'm not sure where the game is going to go. So I'm going to create my own set of objectives so that I know that my character is consistent, even if you you don't know what narrative your character is being built in. Yep. That like, okay. What do you think, Zach? So in in the setup, um, I I didn't really set up Liam with a specific goal in mind, Mm -hmm. but I did try to define what Liam would not be. So I knew he would not be doing a lot of teaching. Mm -hmm. Um, And I knew he would not be doing a lot of administrative stuff. And I put him in a department that's very focused on like arcane uh, research and and that kind of stuff. Um, And so I I knew generally Liam would go that direction. And then I also set up Liam with his three artifacts that all talk to each other. (laughs) I was hoping we would get a little more like dumb banter humor um which we definitely got and i super appreciate you doing the voices for all of those and creating characters for those um that was great um and then when you threw out the arby's thing i was like oh yes it's all coming together uh, so <laughs> <laughs> so i think that answered yeah. the question yeah, yeah yeah no i think okay, i think you okay. got it yeah this was an interesting one where yeah the the character designs and then how they came to be expressed um it was very fluid i thought mm-hmm. uh, which was it was fun i i had a lot of i had a lot of fun with it uh, yeah. anything else kind of behind the scenes before we talk about wishes i think I, i'm trying to think if there's anything else like that the audience wouldn't really know about this was a, definitely one of those games where we kind of like just just left it all on the on the floor so to speak I mean, there's not so much yeah. for my character that was left to be discovered necessarily. There's mm-hmm. just like, uh, like people are complicated and there can be mul- multiple facets about them. And mm-hmm. I just decided mm-hmm. to pick one of them, yeah. which I would have loved to, to haha, delve deeper <laughs> <laughs> and explore like some sort of like backstory and then never explain it. Do something <laughs> like that. But I really like the, the way she came about instead. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that our last recording, which was just the Piglet Day episode, yep. right? Um, prior to that, in the previous recording, David generally will say at the end of a session, hey, please make sure to leave your character sheets because I want to keep them under lock and key, which <laughs> he did not do that. I don't think Zach thought anything of it. I definitely intentionally was like, time to freak David out and take my character sheets with me. <laughs> Because that way I can study them a little bit more. Because I think we get to the wishes component. I have a few things to say there. But in doing that, as we prepared for the Piglet Day recording, David was frantically scurrying about looking for wherever these character sheets could have been. Did not express to anyone his great concern and terror that they had all just been lost in the void. And then printed out new character sheets for everyone, to which we then arrived, sat down, some of us on time, some of us not. and (laughs) Not naming any names. (laughs) Set out the new character sheets, and we're all like, what are these for? And he's like, well, I lost yours. And we're like, no, we all took them with us. (laughs) And you could just see the look of 
surprise on David's face of, do you understand how much time and energy and stress was developed under the understanding that I had lost your character sheets and we were going to have to potentially start from scratch on the final episode? Yeah, and the extra nugget there is we usually try to do all of our recording as close together as possible. Um, But what ended up happening was in two days, we got through part but not all of the the story and we were just sort of tiring out on that second day and so we've done this before where we saved recording the finale for after we sort of got there in the edit so that way when we were recording the finale we could refresh ourselves with what the audience knew and then just sort of start from there and that's what we did with pig smoke so we were recording the finale months after we'd recorded the rest of the game and so my office had already sort of like reverted back to normal you know stuff i cleared out space and so when everyone came back for the recording day and then I couldn't find the character sheets, I was like, oh, no, we're already going to be starting late because people who are not being named directly were late. Uh, <laughs> but on top of that, I have to reprint the character sheets we have to fill them back out for the final. It's like we're going to be using these character sheets in this finale. Uh, and yeah, as it oh, turns out, everybody, <laughs> everybody was actually prepared and had their own. So <laughs> my error. Uh, normally, I do hold on to them, but. Yeah, that's a fun behind-the-scenes detail. I'd forgotten about that. Hmm. Um, let's talk about wishes. Uh, if you if you could do something a little bit differently for next time, or if you wanted to continue your story in some way, or let's like sort of that's the sort of general vein. Uh, what what are what are some wishes people have? Let's do one, maybe two of these if you have them. Dempsey, it sounded like you already had some, so we could start with you. Sure. So I feel like with Diana from Brindlewood Bay, I really thought long and hard and struggled with what does a grandma lily figure or elderly woman sound like and with woody i had more of a idea of what i wanted to do in terms of just kind of characteristics but i didn't really ever settle on a voice that i liked and so even up until the initial recording i was still kind of just like kicking around ideas so i feel like there was just a opportunity there that could have been better capitalized on. I don't know if it was like necessarily undercapitalized, but there's one uh, wish there that I had. And then the second wish I would say is for anyone that hasn't realized where the inspiration for Woody came from is based off of the corner in the TV show Psych. And so some of those bingo ideas come from things that he said. And Psych being a TV show, I thoroughly enjoyed. I'd originally planned for myself to go out and just watch a handful of episodes and then mark down some of the witty things that he puts in there throughout but ultimately came down to just a handful of compilation videos that there's fewer than you would expect for him on uh, the youtube channel so i got a handful off of that but i remember having a ambition for a much larger bingo card than i ended up making (laughs) Actually, there's a listener question that's about inspirations for the characters. So we'll get into more of that uh, after wishes. Yep. Um, Riley, how about you? Anything you had for for Maya or for for Beyond? I wouldn't consider it like a regret or something that I wish I could have done instead. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just kind of a shame, you know. I get like, I get really excited when I'm invited to this game and I'm told to make a fresh character that's going to be this teacher. I'm just like, cool. I'll put her together. I'll put together her outfit. Uh, nonsense she likes to talk about when other people are around and they get annoyed about it. Uh, what are her hobbies, hobbies, and hobbies? Mm-hmm. And I have two 
full uh, notebook, like notes all over the place. And it outlines every single class she's going to teach. Every like the list of tools that you give to your students before they come back in August, like Mm -hmm. like Kleenex and crayons and stuff. But it's like candles, bio material, (laughs) incense bowls. Like 65% of my notes revolve around here, not even working with zombies. Mm -hmm. I had her in uh, not even close to necromancy. I had her in evocation Mm -hmm. and spirits. And I was so pumped up to start that. And then the first thing out of my mouth was zombies and skeletons. And I'm just like, all right, I guess we're going this way. And I have <laughs> no notes about that. <laughs> let's let's make it up as I go instead of using my week's worth of research over here. <laughs> but that just makes me think maybe I should just write her in other scenarios and just use this. Yeah. Maybe for like <laughs> webtoon purposes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, along those lines, uh, I absolutely... Uh, one of the NPCs I had in the watch game, uh, Parda, uh, I needed a character for a one shot of Trophy Dark that I was playing. And one of the like default name options in there is Parda. And I was like, well, <laughs> I oh, guess we're going to play this character again. I just, I just want to say all of these things. Yeah. I had, I have a curriculum. I have an entire page of curriculum named all five levels of spirits what they do uh how dangerous they are what you need to summon them uh different rituals uh the meditation class home economics <laughs> well i have i have an idea for the show uh, that <laughs> i have so much information and nowhere to put it <laughs> i have this idea for the show that like we could do uh, uh this would depend on editing time more than anything we could eventually do like a yearly bonus thing that's like people vote on a game they'd like to see like a part two of. And we, we almost did that last year, but then I was like scheduling out like time to actually do stuff. And I was like, oh, there's too much to do. Uh, but, so, but David, yeah. Part two, Maya is the Dean now. <laughs> <laughs> she just kept climbing. Climbing the ladder. Oh now God. she has All the classes. <laughs> uh that that would be funny um but you know it's like i guess say i i'll say for the show never say never um but also uh it's your character right like you did all the research you can use that any way you see fit yeah yeah (laughs) just gotta get back to drawing that's all yeah (laughs) uh zach zach how, how about you what wishes wishes Ooh, okay. So, um, because I went totally the opposite route with my character creation than uh, Dipsy and Riley, I wish that I had put together a more intentional character plan for the three artifacts. Mm. I also wish that I had developed some kind of concept of the research that I would want Liam to be doing um, and some kind of. Yeah rough outline of the timing of the research and the work that would need to go into that. Um, and I didn't very evidently didn't plan any of that. Um, <laughs> and, and, and so while we definitely got like the memes out of it, uh, there wasn't as much depth to the work that he did or to the artifacts as characters. Um, like yeah. those were still like, I was glad they were there. I'm glad you put work into them. Like that was a good comic effect, but I wish I had developed more. 
yeah, the they definitely went very three stooges. Yeah. Um sort of sort of very very simple straightforward background humor. And they definitely could be explored more as characters. I I would be very curious. This is another one of those games where I came to the other side of it and and I'm like, "Huh, like you could almost do a series of little one shots that's just kind of a one-on-one with each of the characters and just sort of explore, mm-hmm. you know, that'd be uh, so cute. A semester in yeah. life or something and get more time to flesh them out. And like some of their, in the case of like Liam flesh out some of the accoutrement, uh, some of its items he has. Yeah. Uh, and just like spend a little bit more time with them. Cause I feel like mm-hmm. each of you had very rounded characters that could be explored in a deeper way and have something interesting come out of that so yeah i guess it's kind of a star kind of a wish a little bit of both sure uh we have a lot of fun listener questions this time i'm, I'm gonna move us along just because i want us to keep to, to pretty close to time for our recording today um and there's lots of interesting stuff to talk about let me let's pull up the question and if you're listening to this section of the show and you're like, oh man, I wish I could have submitted some questions, uh, we accept them via Twitter and via our Discord through the Cast Junkie Discord server where we have a channel. Uh, we we are always accepting those. Uh, you can really drop us there those anytime during the arcs, but we specifically collect them at the end after the finale is aired. Uh, so if you want to give us questions for the next time around, uh, feel free to do that. Uh, but for now, we do have a handful of fun ones. Uh, our first one is from Maya of the Monsters Playbook, who recently uh, we got to meet here in Kansas City because they came down from Minnesota. Uh, and also, uh, they just have an awesome show. And we've gotten to record a, a thing with them that was on uh, Sarah's channel. And Sarah's, Sarah does stuff on Twitch. Uh, I was a Monster of the Week one shot that Johnny of Monsters Playbook ran. Maya was in it. Uh, and it was, it was it was a lot of fun. Anyway, this is all to say Maya is a human who exists. And Maya has a question for us. Uh, she asks, what was, if any, the inspiration for each of the Professor PCs? And we've already heard a little bit from Dempsey for Woody. Anything you want to add to that? Yeah, so... <laughs> yeah, he says, flipping through the pages <laughs> on his legal <laughs> That felt fitting. Um... So there's two things that I would say there. Um, one of them being somewhere in school, I learned that the trick of humor is a violation of expectations. Mm-hmm. And so in doing that, I looked for ways that uh, humor could be generated as in a lot of ways, the listeners are going through this with us, just kind of finding out what's the next thing that David has envisioned for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but also in that, in what I find personally entertaining are storylines that are uh, avoiding cliches or just the general predictability. So in a lot of ways, I struggle with watching like superhero movies because it's like, oh boy, the superheroes got themselves in a terrible plot. How will they ever save themselves? Oh, look it, the world is saved. And so in that type of... um Storytelling, I'm looking for ways to uh, provide that lack of cliche or lack of predictability and bring in some of the unexpected storylines to both challenge the acting in what's going on, but also in providing uh, what I've just said in that nuance, novelty, and lack of predictability. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely say that 
Woody aired on the side of unpredictable for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, always wondering what's next going to come out of Woody's mouth for sure. Mm-hmm. Why wasn't it ever bees? You know, why didn't bees ever come out of Woody's? <laughs> I feel like that's the fault of the dean's secretary. Well, at least assistant dean. Assistant dean. There we go. No, that's probably it. I why we know. never got along. I don't know what no. would happen if you called her a secretary. In yeah. Face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Riley, how about you? How about Maya? Anything in specific that was inspiration? Uh, not like person specific. I just have a fascination with modern witches uh, where it's not just in the middle of the forest, like super secluded. You have like eyes and teeth and jars and like <laughs> super like grotesque and stuff like that like why can't it be cute and fun and not technically inviting necessarily <laughs> because it's still going to be pretty gross because of all the the raw materials you're going to use from the earth like it, it's going to get messy but i just really like the idea of just someone that's a modern witch and they can do it out in public and they don't get shamed for it immediately um, and in fact, they could be encouraged to pursue this because it's for the the good of like the school in this instance, and you can use it for good, even if some things don't turn out the way you think they are. But but the intentions were there. Yeah, uh, I I did it because I thought it was going to turn out okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's part of science. Come on, that's right? Get to test your hypotheses. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I really like that stuff. I just really like magic stuff in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not necessarily like Harry Potter style. That stuff's okay. Uh, it's just not my uh, my go to fantasy. Um, but I just really like the use of raw materials, like setting up candles, using spell books, and like uh, utilizing some kind of earthly. Uh, magic that you can only harness through very specific acts and not just like willy-nilly with a stick but that's my opinion (laughs) (laughs) i do think that the the presentation was so visual uh when you were at the research showcase with maya uh where like you know there was the step of getting the special rug out that's been marked with these sigils Uh, everyone's wearing these special robes and gloves candles are set up the lights are associated like there's all of these ties in to performing this magic that from the audience perspective is like feels like pageantry, but from the real doing magic perspective, like all of these are necessary steps to empower the success of the spell. Right. So I thought that was all very cool. I like, I, lo- I love how that all came together. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so Zach for Liam, any specific influences that you were drawing from? Yeah. So, um, Liam is a combination of two characters in popular media. One is Milo Thatch from the movie Atlantis, The Lost Empire. And the other is Indiana Jones. Um, And I just wondered, like, what if you combine those two characters um, into one? Uh, And I I just find the idea of Indiana Jones is technically a college professor, but like, he never teaches a class. You never see him teach a class. He's always out there doing some insane thing. Mm-hmm. I, I really think that's funny and lends itself some, to some really cool adventures. For sure. I, I think both of those DNA were really evident with that character. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, are, 
our next question. So we have a set of questions then from uh, a familiar uh, face around face, a familiar voice around these parts. Uh, Jell, who's been on our show multiple times. So Jell has a question that's directed to each of you individually. So I'm going to we'll, we'll do each of these in turn. Uh, the first one is to Zach um, regarding Liam. Uh, was Liam intentionally a contrarian character? Uh, please give any and all thoughts regarding the experience of playing that sort of character, whether it was planned or emergent. I will definitely agree that Liam was very much, instead of being a yes and, like, a- as a character, in in character, Liam was very, uh, not so much yes and and more no but. It still definitely drove things along. Uh, what do you what do you think about Jell's question, Zach? Um, I, I think part of that is shaped by... Um... Hmm. I I think I was a little bit less comfortable with figuring out the details of Liam's character, especially early on. And mm-hmm. as a result of that, I was much more hesitant to just like grab onto things. Mm-hmm. And that built momentum over the course of the game that made Liam that kind of character it just made it easier to jump straight to that there was also i i think a lot of that was just informed by liam's interactions with woody um and that a lot of a lot of liam's interactions were with woody and because they are so dramatically different in the way they are as characters um it made sense for them to not get along very well that's very true. I hadn't thought about it that way. Yeah. Uh, question for Dempsey, uh, still from Jell. Uh, now that you've been on Toda twice, I'm sensing a theme that in general you speak in bizarre metaphors. Is this a coincidental <laughs> character choice or is that just who you are? Either way, I would love to know how this character trait developed. So there's a couple of things there to highlight. I think a lot of things have been said already to the character development choices here. Um, I remember a college professor that I had my freshman year that was very boisterous in the idea that he does not give out easy A's and that you really had to convince him that you were something special to get an A and that he liked it when you could compare things that were unrelated to demonstrate understanding. And so I remember that as one of my earliest stages of saying there is a penguin out in the Antarctica and the penguin is waddling around and then finding some abstract way of tying that back into whatever uh, political momentum we were talking about in regards to a passing bill or uh, some type of politician waddling around on their campaign or whatever it might be. (laughs) But uh, I remember that as part of it. And then I also remember uh, it might might have been Einstein that said something along the lines of, if you can't explain it to a five-year-old, then you don't really know it. And so in doing that as a teacher, I've looked for abstract ways to uh, pull people's attention in directions that they might not necessarily be going. And then um, using that as the advantage to conveying the idea. So I remember last year, there was a student that was complaining about um, not having the energy to do something. And I said, well, you know that there's a bag of candy across the room, right? And they're like, oh my goodness. And they sprint across the room. I'm like, great. Now that we're up, we can do this other thing, right? 
And so it just became um, very true to the department of mind bending of looking at things in a macro sense and then using those macro ideas to connect these micro ideas that are beneficial to accomplishing whatever the task is, but keeping them far and distinct enough that people don't immediately see the connection. And then uh, you have the mental chess there at play. Yeah. <laughs> to answer the part of the question that, or is that just who, who you are? Uh, having yes. known Dempsey for many years now, <laughs> it is just, just who Dempsey is. <laughs> uh, to Riley, uh, still from Gel. Uh, how much of the wildly creative stuff you came up with for Maya's antics and various details within scenes was planned and how much of it was off the cuff? You've, you've kind of answered this already with you didn't do a lot of planning. Unfortunately, not a lot of it was planned. <laughs> <laughs> but it could have been. <laughs> no, a lot of it was like I had to think of how to supplement what I would have done versus what I have to do like right in this moment. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, this one, I guess. And then I just kind of... <laughs> Like my little ramblings about, uh, I think it's when, I think it's when Woody came over and he was trying to ask me a question. And then I went on a tangent that took like a whole minute and I just like kept talking and talking and he's finally like, so anyway, (laughs) it's just whatever came out of my mouth Mm -hmm. and it just happened to be her and it gave her more spontaneity. She was a very spontaneous character for sure, Maya. Yeah. Uh, and I think you did a you did an awesome job with that mm-hmm. with that energy for Maya. Mm-hmm. It's because I wasn't allowed to plan after that, and that's <laughs> what gave her the character. You'd already ruined your plan. So you're like, ah, just who cares? Uh, the other unrelated uh, sort of follow up question from Jell was also for Riley. Uh, why does your voice sound so much like mine? <laughs> <laughs> we discussed that. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think her regular energy is something I have to work up in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's not my real voice. It's like my, I won't say customer service either, even yeah. though I do have a pretty high voice in customer service. But it's just her regular bubbly is is my force bubbly. And I don't, I don't know how <laughs> that became a thing. Oh, I don't know. I don't hear it as much, but I guess... I guess it's a thing. <laughs> I didn't hear it until she was like, hey, how you doing? Uh, give this a listen. And I listened to me and her back to back on a couple episodes. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Witchcraft. <laughs> Who did this? Uh, so, yeah. Uh, next question is from Emma, also present on this show and familiar with all those present here in this room. Uh, so Emma asks for Dempsey. What was your own personal game you were playing? And I think I think that question's been answered at this point. You've sort of explained the notes you had built together. If you have anything you want to add, add it. But there's also a second part to it, which is, did you win? Ooh. <laughs> well, that requires some shuffling. <laughs> the paper shuffle. The paper shuffle. I would personally say so. You did run out of cards. Mm, it's true. So I think to combine the answers that have been done earlier, I think that the bingo card could have been longer and more elaborate. Um, I remember Diana's bingo card was much heftier than this one Hmm. um, because there was Dempsey bingo in that podcast. There sure was. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So in that regard, yes, I think uh, I fulfilled the objectives of putting these weird things together because I think 
in this one, it was definitely more challenging of like, if you happen to see half a bear in an alley, don't shoot it. All right. Um, <laughs> I got that one. That one was, you know, uh, more fitting in this type of play than previous podcast narratives, perhaps. But um, definitely listening to that on a YouTube compilation and going, I'm going to use that. I had absolutely no context for how that could be used. So I think that there was definitely a win in that category, but um, there was some to be desired and something that I look forward to in terms of just future character developments. That's a good answer. Good answer. Uh, We have just a couple more questions now. Uh, Both of these are coming from uh, Morshadi, our our first patron. one of our first Twitter followers, uh, avid listener of our show and very vocal in our Discord as well. Uh, thank you again for submitting your questions to us, Morshadi. Today, we have two. One is oriented for the players. One is for me. Uh, for the players, um, a few of the games played on the podcast have had a kind of downtime or fast forward to the next event mechanic. But Pigsmoke seems to have the biggest jump or disconnect between events or weeks to stay in the theme. Uh, how do you feel about uh, Pig Smoke's downtime moment versus other games? Like, how do you? I think as we talked about this earlier, like, how do you feel about the the height that a lot of the rolling that a lot of the the playing happened at, um, as it then related to you shaping the narrative? This can be for for anyone to answer as they see fit. I think it also plays very true into academia because uh, mm. there are times where you're definitely in the moment and days are hours in between uh and you're you're just there you experience everything and then you blink and you're already in mid midterms and it's yeah. like uh oh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it legitimately happens like that <laughs> so i think it's just very true with uh every time we cut it's because we get so focused on our in character developments that they themselves lose track of time so it's like when are they next conscious about being alive in this world. Yeah. And then we cut to there. I like that interpretation. Yeah. Any other thoughts? I likewise think it works very well as an accurate interpretation of how time works in academic spaces. Um, mm-hmm. At the same time, it is jarring from a story perspective. Just I know for like Liam, at least, it was hard to create kind of a coherent storyline for him with that big of a jump but that was more of a problem with i think liam than the story perhaps but i i do see how that could be problematic i i will add to that uh that pig smoke certainly doesn't demand the pacing we gave it Mm -hmm. um you can do a lot more sinking into the minutiae of a like this whole game could have taken place over the course of a single week Uh, it would have really limited certain actions that are are time consuming in pig smoke uh uh, language things that take about a week of time so those would have been limited in which ones you could do but like we could have played things a little bit more moment by moment um but i do think pig smoke wants you to play over a longer time span um because i think at the end of the day if you did a full campaign of it you're really focusing on like years of academic life for your characters yeah uh and so it definitely there there is sort of a, a sinking in and then a popping back out of time and and carrying that flow along um i do think uh, you you listed it as a challenge zach for liam with like sort of telling his narrative with these 
little time leaks that we did, little hops between weeks. Um, but I think like I think he did a great job. I think Liam has a very clear theme that uh, sort of snowballs from the first week and carries through to to Piglet Day. So I think he did a great job with it. Well, thanks. Absolutely. I would I would say that to the the stars effect of um, both characters that I was playing against with. However, you but, <laughs> you know pair those together. Uh, definitely against, <laughs> with Liam, it was but, against. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in in that sense, like I felt like I had a a very clear understanding of what to expect in terms of where I could go unpredictably and have an idea of the ability for the the story to continue in the way that we're collectively aiming for. But I think in terms of the downtime answer, the downtime is appropriate for the reasons listed previously, but also in my mind that we're not spending all that much time together and so Mm -hmm. if this was a tv show maybe we would have some episodes of us just in our departments and meeting these other Mm -hmm. npcs but for the sole purpose of seeing how the three of us interact for the sanity and safety of us all we need some downtime from each other yeah yeah oh you're not that bad (laughs) what what our, our last question uh, also comes from Morshadi. This one is for me. Um, and it's, this is another kind of complicated one. So I'll, I'll read this through slowly. Um, I didn't think a game could be sillier than Monster of the Week uh, with how we did our last one. If you haven't listened to that yet, uh, <laughs> go back and check it out. It, it, is, it is pretty silly. Uh, but y'all held each other's beers. Uh, on a personal level, when I read Pig Smoke, from a GM viewpoint, the game was a bit dry. It didn't spark the imagination or interest in me that most PBTA games do. It seemed to try to inject a lot of the academic structure into the gameplay, and that was a turnoff for me. The question, while I don't mean to malign a game, because I certainly can't write one, was the intense off-the-wall nature of this arc meant to balance that out? Uh, So I think this was kind of like we just had really different readings of the game. I think for for you, Marshadi, that injection of banality uh, of sort of the rigors of academic life into part of the game's mechanics was kind of a turnoff because that didn't seem fun. For me, I love doing crazy, wacky stuff, but I get really bored of that if there isn't something to ground it. And for me, the the framework of the academic living, of of the teaching, of of the pains and annoyances of everyday life in academia that is so ingrained into the heart of this game that is super exciting for me uh, from a story perspective because that is the grounding to to work with right that is that is the the setting i love magical banality that that's like things i love paired together and so for me that inclusion was like part of the appeal i want i want the mundanity I want that so bad in everything that I tell because that is what grounds it and makes it approachable. And then from there, you can like do anything, right? Like it, there's nothing ever stopping you from getting weirder. But if you go super, super weird and you don't have any grounding element, uh, your, your noise at that point to me like noise is informationally dense because it is randomness. Randomness is extremely informationally dense, but it also doesn't like 
give you anything. You need some, some understandable, some regular, some patterns to then sprinkle, like like sprinkles. I guess you, that's why they're called that, huh? Because you sprinkle them. Anyway, it, <laughs> <laughs> you need to sprinkle your noise. You need to sprinkle your randomness, uh, your your zanity, uh, and that makes it feel so much richer. And it, honestly, when you pair it with stuff that is more normal, um, it makes it feel that much wilder. But if, it, if everything's just wild and crazy, it doesn't feel as weird because everything's that way. Uh, you sort of get numb to it. Whereas like, I think with Pig Smoke, we certainly did <laughs> start off the wall and just stayed there the whole game. But because there was that inherent framework, um, I don't know. I thought, for for me, that was part of the original appeal. So I don't really see it as a, it made us go crazier or like we were trying to balance that out. Instead, it was like, that is exactly what gave us the freedom to do something weird and crazy. But that's that's kind of like how I see it from a, a story perspective. Uh, and there was actually, sorry, there's one last question. That is, I'll say a question for the room before we just do some wrap up. Um, how many times have you had Arby's since, since we started? <laughs> how, how many times... Don't ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't personally eat out a lot, mm-hmm. but um, I will say that I've had Arby's at least twice with this group, right? Yeah. And we might do it after this. Planning on it now. Yeah. And in terms of restaurants that I think favorably of, I would say that this is one that I would put in the treat yourself category. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know how we accidentally aligned our, our podcast brand with, with Arby's, <laughs> <laughs> but we did that this arc, I guess. Hey, Arby's, don't, I, know, I know you're like already a multi, you know, probably multinational corporation, which already makes you kind of inherently evil. Uh, but like, don't don't do anything especially bad and besmirch our name like that. We've we've gone out on a limb here for you and said all these nice things about you. Uh, keep making tasty roast beef sandwiches at a at a cheap price. Uh, and and do and bring back the barbecue and do nothing else forever. That's my request. And how about I completely soil what you just said? And yeah. my actual opinion about Arby's is, yeah. I only like their curly fries. <laughs> <laughs> nothing else is really that good. Hold on, hold. But on. I'm also really not that much of a meat mozzarella person. sticks. Mozzarella sticks. I'm I'm not a fan of the seasoning they use on it. Interesting. Oh, oh. Mm. speaking of seasoning. Did you know, this is me taking your podcast. Oh, no. <laughs> Did you know that KFC only follows 11 people? Yeah, they're all this uh, seasonings and spices that they use on their chicken. It's the mm. five Spice Girls <laughs> and six herbs. <laughs> Whoever is running the KFC Twitter account needs a promotion. <sighs> That, that they were promoted okay. to social media manager. Oh, yeah. There it is. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, vote throne. What would they be promoted to? Like, uh, I need a, CEO, I, of course. I need answers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's Liam's eternal journey, isn't it? Mm, that's true. Would it not they, be SEO? Their promotion is ah. they get the 12th herb. <laughs> Dipsy, Dipsy, I appreciated that joke. Thank you, Zach. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's weed. Weed's the herb. David I, doesn't even know what I said, but he's okay with that because I say so much. It's true. Uh, Dempsey, <laughs> if I listened to every word that came out of your mouth, <laughs> I don't know where I'd be at this point. <laughs> We'd have a whole new podcast. We'd have a whole new podcast. We'd be on an Arby's. That's right. I, We're at Arby's right now. I will say that the amount that I think about Arby's and have been to Arby's with friends has increased exponentially since this podcast started <laughs> i do i do get tweets and messages in the discord now every time anyone who listens to our show goes to arby's yeah <laughs> and i don't know that's fun it's like you know like checking in with your friends and they're like hey I had arby's today like, oh, cool. that's good for, good for you I'm proud of you live your life uh <laughs> i'm going to take a picture for twitter and do hashtag tota oh yeah oh wait Yes. Well, and you need to tweet at the Natalist Arby's account too, because mm. they may yes. they might get into it. They could get into Tota. Yeah. Hey, hey Nihilist Arby's. <laughs> Sponsor us. Listen <laughs> <laughs> to Pig Smoke. <laughs> Eat Arby's. Eat Arby's. Uh, all right. We we are we are officially out of time for this. So let's let's wrap ourselves up here. Um Thank you for listening to this arc. It was a lot of crazy fun. Uh, I got to uh, plug plug all of our special thank yous here at the end. Uh, Chris Longhurst wrote Pig Smoke. Uh, super fun game. And we've just spent the whole time talking about it. We, of course, played it. Uh, had a lot of fun with it. So so thank you so much for for writing this and for 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 also getting that, that the banality of magic is fun. Uh, and we, I know, had a lot of fun with it here on the show. Um, thank you to our cast. Uh, Dempsey, Riley. Zach, it has been a total pleasure playing with you in this game. A total pleasure. A total, a total <laughs> pleasure. Uh, thank you to Emma, who helped me do a lot of the the forethinking and writing for this game, uh, and getting prepped to run it. I think this would have this is what this one went really smooth as far as our games have gone. Like this one went real smooth, uh, and that is mostly thanks to that prep with her. So thank you to Emma. Um, any other people I need to thank, especially the Academy. <laughs> I would like to thank the Academy. Uh, I would like to thank uh, J. Jonah Jameson for giving me the voice for the Dean. Mm-hmm. I'd like to thank uh, BJ. I'd like to, like to thank BJ uh, for having a dumb name. Um, <laughs> for being supi- surprisingly cool with clowns. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, that clown. Oh, yeah. I would for like being th- surprisingly cool you, with You named BJ. the clown, Riley. Do you remember what his name was? Did I name the clown? I, you did. You did. <laughs> you, you offered the name. Oh, no. <laughs> you shouldn't let me name things. Uh, thank you to the clown for existing and for <laughs> making those sweet, sweet balloon animals. And thank you to to listeners like you. Uh, thank you to everyone who listened to this arc and enjoyed it along with us. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you to, oh, of course, thank you to our patrons who support the show. Uh, it helps keep the lights on. Uh, by the lights on, I mean pay for the hosting fees. And, and the various uh, music and sound effects and stuff that we incorporate in the show. So thank you all for that. Um, and also stick around for our next one. Uh, we're going to be taking two weeks off. Uh, like we we said in an update pretty recently on the show that we're, we're going to take a little break in between arcs. Um, so there will be no episode in two weeks time. And then after that, we should be getting the setup for The Between, which is the next game we're playing on the show. Uh, published by The Gauntlet, written by Jason Cordova. We're specifically doing the uh, ghosts of El Paso setting, which is a wild west. We're going to have ghost hunters in the wild west. It's going to be a blast. And that should come out essentially uh, a month, roughly from today, to four, four Wednesdays from now. 
Um, we've been having some issues behind the scenes with getting that all recorded and working out. So that might see some delays. Uh, just monitor our Twitter, monitor Discord uh, if you want updates for when that's going to come. But that will be coming to you this October, probably. So we look forward to sharing that with you then. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, everybody say goodbye. 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 And that's it. That's a wrap. That's the post-apocalypse. Yay. Goodbye. Oh, yeah. Sink the mics. All right. Just, we'll, we'll figure it out. Disjointed clapping over Disco. <laughs> <laughs>